Hello. 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 Welcome. Welcome to episode three. Episode three. Of the Bullet City Bros. Podcast. We got a lighter list today. Not as much stuff because it's the off season. Stuff just ain't happening. Um, but we do have plenty to still bring you. Of course. We still have quite an entertaining podcast ahead of us. We got the content. We do. Um, so this week we're going to start off with In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It. And uh, Cam... I got, hey, what's up, guys? I got hey. fired from that segment, so Cam's doing it now. Dude, Dalton was fired for this week. Dalton, too raw. The numbers guy, Redman, did a terrible job with this last week. I'm trying to have that nickname, the numbers guy, fizzle out, so we can just not mention that nickname <laughs> throughout the rest of the podcast. Dude, don't worry fantastic. about it. Fantastic. Dude, dude, numbers guy, don't worry about it. Graham <laughs> <laughs> just dropped that on me the first pod. I just... <laughs> Dude, I just I couldn't say anything. How much I was money so mad, is though. Nick Bowles making this year? Uh, he's making exactly sixteen point two million dollars. Uh, fourteen of it's guaranteed. Uh, one million dollar roster bonus. So he's already made a million and a half of that just for showing up to workouts. Uh, <laughs> that's all made up. Yeah, it's wrong. I'm, I'm definitely I, gonna cut out where you said it was made up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the numbers guy, so I, I actually <laughs> don't know anything about numbers. We he want people to listen. Numbers. That's why we called him the numbers guy. No one wants to listen to that. Uh, shit's boring. That sounds boring. Nah, dude. Contracts are sick. <laughs> You're the All only right. person to ever say that ever. Dude, you know what? Graham, how are you doing? I'm doing well, dude. I uh, went out last night. With a couple fellas. Oh, oh. oh. a couple fellas. Who was that, bro? A couple fellas that might be. Wait, wait, the good fellas, yeah. bro? The, yeah. the good yeah. fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. where'd we go, right. bro? I mean, <laughs> where'd you go, bro? Well, <laughs> wait, who was with you, bro? Well, we started at Tavern, not which was yeah, not really a move. Drinks are kind of expensive. It's not that fun. It was Tavern's a move kind of, eh. for one certain reason. Oh, but one word. One word. The ladies. Ladies. You already know. Ladies, please. You know what I've noticed? So, like, tell us. Naturally, guys just, like, kind of follow girls around for bars because, like, they're trying to get with the girls, right? And guys are always chilling. The girls are always the ones trying to move. Bro, around. if yeah, you're ever true. not chilling, you're doing something wrong. That's, that's true. Wrong for sure. That's true, but what I've also noticed is those girls that guys are trying to follow always make the worst suggestions of where they should go. They might have suggested going to a certain bar after that, and that was a terrible move. I'm not going to expose it because I respect the beach bars too much. Oh, true. Yeah. Got to respect the beach bars. But this place is definitely not one of my top options. But we went there. Bottom tier. Ladies. That's all I got to say. Let's never go there again. And I mean, I, I'm down for that. We got sick to Ritz. Ritz but guess perfect. what? If, if we say we're never going to go again, but next time we go out... If they want to go, we'll go. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. Um, so this week we're going to start off with in case you missed it, and Cam is going to head that for us. So guys, uh, not a lot happened in the past week since our last Jags, pod. Jags wise, that's right. One of the more important and big stories that happened is the Melvin Gordon situation in Los Angeles. Mm. That is something we got to keep our eyes on for the rest of this uh, summer. He is looking for a new contract or has requested to be traded. That's crazy. And Especially like, once training camp starts. You he, Yeah, right. it's right around the corner. 
for a guy that's just now announced that he's wanting a new contract and then even say that he wants to be traded, not even yeah. hold out, like he wants to be gone, yeah, is big news. Yeah, they literally got, I think, exactly two weeks till training camp starts. So, so it's not even... He put them in a very tough situation. It's not yeah. even that I'm going to withhold my services from you, which is what most guys that hold out do. It is literally, I'm leaving this team yes. if you don't pay me. It's literally, I'd rather be on a different team with my same contract exactly. than be on this team with my same contract. You yeah. don't see that often. Which is pretty well. Like. Yeah. And you got to appreciate that. you got to take that and appreciate what Nagakwe's doing, like... He's Obviously. definitely more not like he's, he's not being an asshole about yeah. it. He's just tweeting one liners. Tweeting one liners, dude. <laughs> he's tweeting those motivational tips, and you gotta respect that. But, um, yeah, I mean, but still, with with both guys, it really we're we're just waiting out until training camp starts because once day one of training camp hits, that's when this all really matters. That's when this all really comes to fruition because honestly, if you if you sign him. If the Chargers sign Melvin Gordon, if the Jaguars sign Ngakwe or whoever, any time before training camp, you essentially lose nothing. It doesn't really matter that you had this quote-unquote holdout because it's really not a holdout yet until training camp starts. And um, now that you have these two guys that are very different, you have Ngakwe, who is kind of doing the standard if he does do a whole lot, which I think, I think most of us can probably predict at this point that at least for the first couple days, weeks of Jaguars training camp, Yannick Ngakwe is he's, probably he's not, not going to be there. He's not there. Um, but that's more. I mean, we've seen that. That's normal. We've seen that from plenty of players. But Melvin Gordon is kind of taking the NBA route and demanding a trade. You don't see a lot of player movement I of superstars in the NFL. I can't think of a not time. Like has there been another time in the NFL where a player demanded a trade? Yeah, I mean Jimmy Garoppolo did, I think. Didn't like o- was that OBJ that demanded a trade? It was someone this no. offseason. It was some. He didn't demand one. No, no, neither one of those guys demanded a trade. You don't think? I thought Garoppolo did. He no, wanted to start. Garoppolo, with Garoppolo, what happened was Brady felt threatened, but Belichick liked Garoppolo and knew Garoppolo was younger and good, and he was going to put Garoppolo in in the foreseeable future and he knew he had this good quarterback in his back pocket to play once Brady got over the hill and Brady felt threatened and went over Belichick's head to Robert Kraft yeah. and Robert Kraft got him out of there. He pretty much forced Belichick to trade Garoppolo. That wasn't Garoppolo's decision. It's the most Patriots move I've ever heard. There was there was a quote that Garoppolo felt like he was better than Brady and he felt like in practice he would have the better day and he felt like he should have played. But he didn't demand a trade. Um, you just don't see it, I guess. All yeah, you don't, you don't see trade demands in, in the NFL. Dude, Eli Manning demanded a trade. He did demand a trade. <laughs> right when he first got drafted. Like before he was drafted, like, dude, I was, I'm literally not playing for this Before team, he so. left You drafted him not playing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and John Elway did that, too. John Elway? John Elway got drafted by the Baltimore Colts. The Baltimore Colts? When they were the Baltimore Colts? Hold on, I might be wrong about that. But yeah, you definitely don't see uh, <coughs> threats of leaving teams and asking for trades for stars in the NFL. It was Baltimore. They were still the Baltimore Colts. They were? Yeah. Okay. I figured I thought I was right about that. Um, also, uh, a little bit of Jags news. Um, so Jalen Ramsey decided to tweet 
a weird Jalen Ramsey tweet as always. Um, Insta comment. For those of you, Insta comment. Yeah, for those of you that I'm pretty sure he tweeted it too. I don't think. But whatever. Um, either way. Uh, for those of you that follow the NBA at all, you know that Russell Westbrook just got traded to the Houston Rockets, and Jalen commented on a picture announcing that trade that Russ would be in Houston. And he commented, so superstars linking up in Houston now. With the eyes emoji. With the eye emojis. And DeAndre Hopkins replied back with the handshake emoji. Um, Jalen's weird, man. He does so many weird things for attention. It's so annoying. He'll probably tweet or say something next week about how great Jacksonville is or something. Like, he does so this kind of crap all the time, and it's annoying, and Jalen's an attention whore. We know this. I mean, I'm not putting that much gravity in it because he just says stuff like this a lot. Dude, that shit's so annoying, though. Like, if I was his teammate and he was, like, saying stuff like that to our rival, like, come on, dude. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would piss me off, too, but... Dude, if I was Doug Brown saying that, or, like, what's Tommy Kofsarup thinking? Dude, Tommy Kofsarup's not a fan of that at all. That's our, that's our affectionate nickname for Tom Kofsarup. <laughs> Tommy! Tommy Kofsarup. Dude, speaking of Tommy's, what we got going on with Tom Brady, Cam? Dude, uh, I don't know if y'all missed this, but um, Tom Brady was recently filmed and recorded, time-wise, a faster 40 than his combine when he came into the NFL at 40 years old. Dude, is that, is 41. that lime water, cucumber water, whatever Dude, he drinks? <laughs> it's, it's gotta be. I mean, it has to. He, can't, he literally is 41, and he ran a faster 40 than his... 21-year-old self. At the it was probably in better shape now, dude. Yeah, I mean, there it wasn't much of a time to beat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you're probably... Yeah, you're, you're up there with the O-lineman in that class, probably, with his 40-time, <laughs> but it's impressive. I still think it's that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean he's 20 years older. So his 40-time like, at the Combine in 2000 was a 5-2-8. I mean, wow. And the 40-time he just ran... Was a five one seven. That's actually crazy. A whole tenth of a second. And I mean, we can make fun of Brady for his lack of athleticism, but a forty two year old running a five one seven is decently impressive for a professional athlete. It's not nearly as impressive, but like that's still like a good number. Like five one seven is not slow for the average human, right? But it's just when you watch him running in an NFL it, game, it, he it, looks it, like he's running like three miles an hour. It's sad. It is sad. It's for hilarious. Sure. <laughs> and lastly, the Jags have a new receiver, Marcus Sims. I need Dalton to explain what exactly went down with this. So this is what went down. So the NFL supplemental draft was Wednesday. And so there's a few people that were signed up for it, with Marcus Sims being one of them. And so, just before we get into Marcus Sims, I'll tell you a little bit about the supplemental draft, because I'd always heard about it, but I didn't know exactly what it was or how it worked. And so, pretty much what it is, is so, it's a draft that happens after the actual draft and before training camp starts. And so, how it works is they allocate picks to teams um, using three tiers. The first tier is teams with six wins or less in the previous season. The second tier is the remainder of the teams that did not make the playoffs, and the final tier is for playoff teams. So in each of those tiers, they have a random draw, like a lottery, in which exactly pick they get. And then all the 32 teams submit blind picks to the league. And so 
how it works is uh, whoever offers the highest round. So say so you have the Jaguars offering a round three for a pick and then the Patriots offering a round four. The Jaguars would get that pick and they would have to give up their third round pick in the following year in order to get that guy. But if they, let's say Jaguars submitted a third and then the Patriots submitted a third as well, the Jaguars would get the pick and not the Patriots because the Jaguars were higher up on the list. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, only one person was picked this year is Jalen Thompson and the Cardinals got him for a third round pick. And Marcus Sims was signed up, but he did not get picked. And uh, So there's literally only one guy drafted. Yes. Which is pretty usual. Usually there's only like one or two. I think only like five were signed up. Okay. And so this is just for people that missed the deadline for whatever reason. And so um, Marcus Sims was supposed to go in the draft. Like they're thinking like sixth or seventh, but he ended up not. But they decided to later. And so that's why he was signed for supplemental. But I guess no one was willing to even give up a seventh round for him. So kind of his deal. Um, he might be, be competing for the last wide receiver spot on the Jags. So I want to make sure we talk to him a little bit before training camp. Because he's going to be probably something people are talking about with like Keelan Cole or another um, depth player at wide receiver. And so Marcus Sims from West Virginia. Six foot, 195 pounds. He ran a 4'4", four four, so he was like a speed guy. And then um, another short slot guy doesn't sound too. Dude, he's, he's ready to run dude, some crossers. <laughs> get ready for these stats, dude. He's a third wide receiver added this season after Conley and Pryor, and so at West Virginia in his seasons there, he had ten starts, right? In his senior year, he was the third wide receiver on the depth chart, which is good, I guess. <laughs> and then his, but he's a punt return specialist. Apparently, that's what they would market him as. And he has a total of six punt returns for 58 yards and led the team in kickoff returns with 10 kickoff returns for 176 yards. So he probably had like one for a touchdown then. I don't think so. 10 for... 10 okay, kickoff yeah, returns for 176 right. yards. So he yeah, averaged right. six, seven, 17 and a half okay, yards per carry. Yeah, you're or right. yards yeah. per kickoff. So yeah, but people say this guy like has a decent ceiling, has potential. So... His stats for college don't really say much, but um, people are saying he definitely could compete for the last spot. It would, if you were a big body, tall wide receiver, I'd be a lot more excited about him. The way I see this, I kind of get like the Jaden Micken vibe back two yes, years ago. Yes, for sure. When didn't play offensively, but punt return. Is Jaden Micken still on the team? Mm-mm, no, not Did anymore. Cut him or what? I think we caught him. Just I think he was point. injured for a while. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, I just didn't know if we kept him on the team. No, he's not. Because the the, the Jaden Mickens before Jaden Mickens was Rashad Green, and he stayed on the team for seemingly eternity. Forever. Yeah, that was crazy. He was on the team this past year. Yeah, he was trash. Dude, I thought that guy he, had been gone he for lost, two years. He, he lost us the cold game. game. That was ridiculous. I was like, why is Rashad Green playing football right now? So, I don't understand, but continue. But yeah, no, I get this this Jaden Mickens vibe where if. He ha- obviously has to – he's going to take a roster spot, and it's either him or Keelan Cole. So, Or we could add another receiver, just have like some depth of wide receiver. It's possible we keep Keelan Cole. It is possible, but seven receivers? Yeah. It's not, it's not often where you see that. But if he makes the team, I mean, that's obviously a good thing. They're obviously more thinking about punt returning. They were going to see if it's more valuable having a good punt returner. Or a solid six receiver like Keelan Cole. Yeah, because think about who returns punts for us right now. 
I don't even. Dee Dee Westbrook. It was Dee That's yeah, true. And your, you, you don't want him exactly. turning all the time. You don't want your starting, pretty much starting wide receiver taking punts and kick returns like that. That's a good point. I, I really didn't even think about that. So even more now, it feels like he has a legitimate shot to make the team. For sure. Punt returning is, I mean, it's it's big to have. 2017 when Jaden Mickens was returning yeah, kicks. Made like a you, difference. you kind of felt like, dude, there's a chance like we can take this, either take it back or get good field position. Yeah. Winning field position battles is just, it's huge. Especially when the too. offense was as bad as it was. <coughs> um, having a special teams be able to score was huge. It's massive. I know. The other thing about Jaden Mickens that I that I liked is he was extremely sure-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was never scared he was going to do something stupid. He Muffing kicks was not a problem. Like, he was so sure-handed on the punt returning. Yeah. It was almost like, I felt comfortable Rashad Green back there. No. I'm not really sure about that. No. Dude, I'm like, when the ball's in the air... We're all holding our breath. He catches it for a fair catch. I don't like, feel comfortable with Rashad Green doing literally anything. anything. Yeah, go Knowles. Do you appreciate that, Dalton? The Knowles <laughs> um, are putting out products. Apparently. Sorry, for real. Um, sorry, guys. So let's move into our our first topic of the day. Um, the Jaguars are doing a top twenty-five all-time Jaguars list, um, and they just announced, I guess today. Uh, number 19 on the list is Mike Peterson. Mike P. Mike Gator. Wait, start, start at 25. I barely looked at this so, list. So far, the list is 25 is Chris Naoli. Love Chris Naoli. Dude. 24 is Joel Schmingy. Joel Schmingy. <laughs> 23 is David Garrard. Legend. 22 is Gary Walker. Legend. 21 is Josh Scobie. Legend. 20 is Aaron Beasley. And 19 is Mike Peterson. So tomorrow they will announce number eighteen, and then the next day seventeen, and then so on and so forth. Um, this is a pretty interesting list. Yeah, I want to sure. see. I want to see how this goes. You know how they're picking these players for There's this list. Votes. Who they're all like, like who is voting? like a concoction of people are voting. Frank Frank Franchi's a voter. He is the voice of the Jaguars. So I guess voter. writers, reporters. Yeah, the there's different people in in Jaguars media, and maybe like former coaches and stuff. I'm not sure, like, how they decide who votes and who doesn't. I don't remember casting a vote. <laughs> Did they have Bull City Bros on there? Did y'all cast votes? Uh, yeah, I cast a vote. Yeah. <laughs> a numbers guy doesn't get a pick? <laughs> so this is kind of awkward. Look at a top 25 list of numbers guys who, like, on man out. That's rough. They don't care about the contracts after they retire, bro. <laughs> I guess that's true. So one thing that's important to note um, about this list is that current players don't count. Right. And that, that means sense. current players that are on the Jaguars or players that are just still in the league in general. You have to be retired to be on this list. So, like, Mercedes Lewis, for example, he's not in the Jaguars anymore, but he's technically still in the league. Gotcha. So he can't be on the list. So, like, you're not going to see, like, Jalen Ramsey on this list. Cool. I think Clayus Campbell will be a top ten. Yeah, eventually, like, next year. Or mm. or who knows when he's retired. Dude. Like, when it retired. Well, I mean, maybe, I don't know if they're going to keep doing these lists. I, I, I think it's pretty cool. They should just, like, update it, like, every year. Yeah, because they'll have new, new guys, or maybe like, add to it, or I don't know. Yeah, it's you cool. can. There's kind of a lot of stuff you can do to play around with this, and with the off season, you just have so little to talk about. You kind of like you kind of get into the the all time kind of discussions. And oh, that. for sure. Yeah, like I'm so excited when it's like announcing seven fifteen. I'm like, oh shit! Like I can't wait until it comes out, and it's like so minor, but just like the off season, fiending for it. It's true. It's just cool, and I think it's especially cool. The NFL has done this. Like, NFL Network and NFL Films and whatnot, they've done a bunch of this stuff. 
in terms of like top 100 players of all time. You know, they do the top mm-hmm. 100 players every year. And those are cool. Like, the, those are fun to watch and they're fun to tune into. But I like this one especially because it's all Jaguars. Yeah, that's so cool. And there's so many of these guys that you remember playing. Yeah, like, Chris Neoli getting the respect, like, the guard being, like, the first to come off. Everyone knows so Chris cool. Neoli was a huge, like, it's almost like you don't really remember a lineman or guards very well, but I think a lot of people know Chris Neoli. Yeah, for sure. I used to give him the hands of Madden. He was trash. Yeah, Dalton knew Chris Neoli growing up, and I remember you and me playing Wii Sports with him. Yes, bro. I like, Wii Tennis, that. dude? Dude, bro. yeah. I dude, did not so know cool. that. Yeah. That's awesome. He was, he was, really he was cool. one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Yeah. So nice. He was such a cool guy. He lived in Queens Harbor, right? Yeah. He lived on the same street as like Jimmy Smith and Byron Lethwich. That's crazy. Dude, you know what I thought was weird about this list? Was David Garrard at 23? Yeah. I, thought that's I expected right. him to be way further down. I did too. I expect. I thought David Garrard might make a make the top 10. Yeah, I don't know. Barely cracking the list? Yeah, like, like, like a guy like Scobie. I love me some Josh Scobie, but, but Scobie ahead of Garrard is, is kind of is, insane. Dude, no, Scobie should have been like top 10 of all time. No, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love Scobie, but you're talking about arguably the second best quarterback the Jaguars have ever had. But that's not that impressive, though. Well, yeah, but like, I mean, you're you're talking about a kicker. I love Scobie. Like, like no disrespect to Scobie, but I like I literally think you can make a case for David Garrard being a top ten Jaguar ever. And Scobie is kind of a wild card because he's a kicker. He can kind of just go anywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Scobie's made some of the most enormous kicks. He's made all of the biggest kicks in Jaguar history. So he has to be on the list. Yeah, and just in terms of being a Jaguar, because Scobie still lives in Jacksonville. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. He's an all-time leading scorer for the Jags. Yeah, that is true. Like that you is gotta, also true. He's got to be on the list somewhere. That's yeah, and I, I can also tell by this list kind of already so far that they're, and I, I like this a lot, they're kind of going for not just like talented football players, but they're going for true Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. Like guys that really embody being a Jaguar, and that's why I think Scobie cracks the list, even as a kicker, for one reason, is because he's such a Jaguar. Like he... He he announced our pick one of our picks this year, at the draft. He still lives in Jacksonville. He golfs all the time. He has Everyone funny Twitter. Yeah, he has a hilarious Twitter. Um, he and Josh Lambeau are apparently like really good friends, which That's is great, awesome. Dude. The Josh is just chilling together. If you're if you're a Josh and you can kick, come to Jacksonville because it just works. <laughs> it just happens. It just like makes that. sense. I wonder if Josh Allen's gonna be able to get in on the club. Dude, if Josh Allen. <laughs> Like, if he, like, gets hurt or whatever and, like, the, the defensive line thing doesn't work out, if he just practiced kicking, it might all work. He might have two lifelong friends. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be the elite Jacksonville Josh Club. <laughs> <laughs> Three members. <laughs> um, That's definitely something to keep in, like, keep following for the rest of this offseason, for sure. Yeah, the, what the, the, yeah. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that this list counts down to the first preseason game. Oh, really? I believe. I could be wrong about that, but I think that was like... It's a pretty good idea. I think that was the method behind like when they started the list and whatnot. Kick off the 25th year of the team. Mm-hmm. Which is a good idea. Which is really cool, yeah. And they could even um, update the list every year and do like 26, 27, 28. And like they could do that every year, and I think that'd be really cool. Um, and yeah, like we were talking about earlier, based on who retires and whatnot, you can update the list. Because like, what if Calais retires next year? You know what I mean? I mean, he's got to be on. You that could list. be shaking up the top five. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. No, that's definitely definitely something really interesting to keep following for the rest of the summer. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I want to move on to our next topic, which is the what? Who who did this ranking? Don the offensive weapons. Yeah, was uh, ESPN. So ESPN ranked um, the offensive weapons for each NFL team one through thirty-two, and your Jacksonville Jaguars came in at dead last, number thirty-two. And then, was it ESPN that also did the offensive line poll? No, that was Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus did an offensive line poll, and your Jacksonville Jaguars came in at number 21. And, I mean, I think both of those are a little harsh. I'm not high on either one of those lists. I'm not high on either one of those cores for the Jags. I mean, like, I don't think the Jags have some electric group um, as far as playmakers on offense and I don't think that they exactly have the most stout offensive line in the league but I think I, I definitely think the offensive line when they're healthy is just definitely deserving of higher than 21 and I mean I don't think that, I don't think their offense is last yeah well one thing they did say about the rankings on ESPN for the offensive weapons is it was lean pretty heavily towards wide receivers and then like tight ends and running backs were kind of secondary Okay. Um, so they did. They mentioned Leonard Fournette first, which is obviously it's easy to hate on him, and they weren't being like too hateful on him. But I just mentioned like hasn't been consistent, been injured. Yeah. They mentioned the tight ends with. They said like weapons and tight end include third round pick Josh Oliver and uh, Jeff Swaim, and it's just like oof, those aren't yeah. like two names that you want, and like with weapons next to them. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, at wide receiver, I mean, who we have? We have Mark Easley. D.D. Westbrook, Chris Conley, Terrell Pryor, and then, I mean, that's probably it for the people that are for sure going to be on the team. To to a fan that doesn't follow the Jaguars, and they're just an outside football fan, who do they think is the Jaguars' best off with offensive weapon probably? Minus Fournette. Fournette's the one yeah. that everyone knows, but like Mar- receivers. It's got to be either Marquise Lee or D.D. Westbrook. I'll get Marquise Lee just because he's been around that's longer. What about Chris Conley? I think more fans would be like, "Oh, Marquise Lee's a second round pick. He got a re- he got a contract extension." Yeah. Like, sure. Maybe Chris Conley. It might yeah. be, but like, Kansas City. Everyone followed Kansas City last year and yeah. got like six touchdowns. But like, so what other teams in the league have like just a terrible receiving core? The Seahawks were thirty first, twelve with the weapons. Yeah, that's that's a good call. The Seahawks don't have much at all. Yeah. DK Metcalf could be the second best receiver on the roster. Like, you know what I mean? Losing Doug Baldwin, I mean, that literally was, it seemed like their only receiver. I guess the Jaguars' offensive weapons, it's just a lot of unknowns. It's an unknown. I think that's why we were ranked 32nd. Because Chris Conley could be receiver one. We don't know. Yeah, we literally don't know. There's so much we don't know. Josh Oliver? Josh Oliver is maybe the biggest question mark on the team right now. Yeah. There's just so much about. That whole group we don't know, so I guess from the unknown perspective, it's fair to put them at thirty-two, because I think that even at their ceiling, even at their ceiling, they're like middle tier in the league, yeah, like very best. You know what I mean? It's yeah, not like sure. this team at their very best is going to become a top five group. Definitely not. So I guess that's fair. I don't. I mean, I don't know about saying thirty-second. Even with unknowns, there's a lot of knowns, and like Seattle, and we know they don't have. Yeah. Weapons. Who's their running back? Who's the who's Seattle running back? Yeah, Chris um, Carson, I think. It was Thomas Rawls, but he's a Jaguar now. I think his name's Chris Carson. Am I? I might totally no be. idea. But 
Dude, exactly. We don't know. Like, yeah. they're a running football team. We don't know the running back. They throw the ball every once in a while. Doug Baldwin. Well, I mean, their the... offense is Russell Wilson. That's well, yeah. That's their offense, but but we yeah to, to say, say to say we are thirty second is I think it's kind of stupid. I would say that the offensive weapons in Jacksonville have a much higher ceiling than the offensive weapons in Seattle. And I guess you know more about Seattle, so you put Seattle higher. But to me, that doesn't make sense because they're both bad groups. Yeah. So you may as well put the group with the higher potential up there because you're not putting a lot of faith in either one anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely third second, I think, was a little rough. If if these if the Jaguars' offensive weapons turn out to be super underwhelming this year, that's not shocking anyone. Yeah, I don't say I don't want to say we're a bad group either. I think seeing what they were last year was. That's not fair to the receivers or even the tight ends. Because the offensive line was so, offensive so, line so injured. Injured. Quarterback had a terrible season. Play calling was a little weird, kind of spotty. Felt like we're not... A little weird is very generous. <laughs> yeah. Running, was, and there was no running game to help. No. Alleviate it, it, it was nothing. something where you were kind of like, if you're a receiver on the Jaguars, you're kind of like, if I'm going to run this route, like there's a chance the ball will be somewhere I can go catch this. If you've yeah. got a deep route, dude, by by the time you're five, six steps in, it, Blake, it, Blake's quarterback sacked. sacked. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it makes you realize, like, Allen Robinson was so right for not staying. Oh, dude, he yeah. had every right to be like, dude, I, I don't want to continue playing here with Blake. Like, And he's like, if I am going to continue playing here, I've ever been making stupid. A big amount yeah. of contract one. So, yeah. The one that I really want to talk about is the offensive line. Right yeah. Now. I... That's totally unfair to an, an offensive no, line it, that was decimated. Last t- yeah, for sure. it's not twenty one. He- healthy is, I think, it's a top ten on my Healthy, dude, I, it's insane. We have Cam Robinson left tackle, and we've seen at his best, he's very, very. He's good. A, he's a franchise left tackle when he's playing at his potential. For sure, I mean, he's probably the best left tackle we've had since Tony Selly, bro. To this day, I maintain that because that was the same year as the Fournette draft, right? Cam Robinson. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yes. To this day, I since Coughlin's been here, Cam Robinson has been his best pick in my opinion. Really? Mm-hmm. As a second round, getting him a second round is, is, is theft. Yeah, it was That's insane. I yeah, heard that. and the reason he fell is because little injury issues people were concerned about, and so those are popping up now. But still, I I I do think I think you're spot on with that, Graham saying that. So if left tackle, we have Cam Robinson. Left guard, we have Andrew Norwell. That's who's. Do you have it, a good season last season? It was. He started off really slow, and as it's funny because as the season went on, the, the line got more injured, but he was starting to play better. Yeah, when he was then, not injured. Then he got injured. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, that sucks. He started playing up to his potential, and then boom, he gets hurt. Yeah, but like healthy, he's a top five guard. Easily. For sure. He sh- if he, not the best. If that, and yeah. And also healthy, is Brandon Linder a top 10 center? Oh, for sure. I think so. Yeah, top 10. And absolutely. he's got the injury. He's got, he concerns me a lot because yeah. I feel like he's been injured the past like two or, or three seasons. He had back issues, I think it was last season, right? Last year might have been a knee too or something. And in twenty seventeen he missed a couple games because he was sick. Oh I forgot what he had like he had like a really bad flu or something. Couldn't play. It's almost like weird, yeah. Yeah, when he's playing even like when he if he ever like is still playing with like minor injuries, still plays really well. Still well. It's just the ability you're you're showing. Exactly. And then uh right guard we got AJ Can, which he's probably below average guard for sure, but sign him for cheap, so I mean that's our weak link. And at right tackle we had Juwan Taylor. Yeah, Who, I, which is huge. Projected pick. top ten pick. 
Jawan Taylor could be a Cam Robinson esque pick. Yeah, for well. sure. Getting him in the second round. Almost the exact same scenario. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely it was like a, a Miles Jack Cam Robinson injury concerns let him fall to the Jags. Yes, and, and it was like only a couple days before the draft where that started becoming a thing. Yeah, and like people were he was talking about it and he. He like started like every game except for like it, it was either every game or like he only missed a couple yeah. and they're talking about his injury issues. Yeah, Jawan was every game. Yeah, so Jawan like, did like, not miss one game at Florida last like, year. Dude, I remember he, he was like he was like, "What are you talking about?" Think, things <laughs> like that I feel like happen. It's not like to hurt the player. It's like teams that want to have a chance to get him and like not have to give up assets. If and, you can push the narrative, yeah, you're like having an injury wow, problem. It's, it's like kind of like showing teams like in the top twenty five like. Dude, this guy's got some problems, Dude, and all I, of a sudden you're sneaking up and getting him. That'd be nice. I, I, I'll never forget. Cam and I were at the first round of the draft. Cam and I were literally like in the, like we the third row. Of the so draft. close. Like we were when Kyler Murray got picked. We were less than twenty feet from Kyler Murray. Literally, like, it, was, it was so cool. One of the one of the coolest days of my that life. That was so sick. Um, we're sitting there and we're we're with like this big Jaguar group in the front and. I remember, you know, after the Josh Allen pick had happened, after kind of the first, you know, 10, 15 guys had been taken, I it wasn't being talked about, but I started thinking, I and I kept mentioning to Cam, I was like, yo, like, Jawan Taylor's still on the board. And he was, like, at the time, you were talking top 10 guy. You were talking... You thought he might have been... You were talking the, the Jaguars taking him with the pick that we got Josh, Josh Allen with. Exactly. Know? So I'm, I'm, we're sitting there watching, and, you know, 15, 16, 17... And I'm like, Jawan Taylor is still on the board. And by the end of the night, 32 happened and Jawan Taylor didn't get picked. And I, I don't know if the people around us just weren't as in tune to, like, all the players and stuff as we were. But, like, no one else seemed to be talking about it. Yeah. But I was like, this is this is the biggest storyline of the draft. Yeah. And then, sure enough, next day, when when the Jaguars traded up the next day, like, two spots or however many it was, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we're definitely. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. you knew. I literally, if if there was like a bet I could have placed her, then I would have put like all the money. I was like, there's easily, easily. Mm-hmm. We're I, John Taylor. I said it when the Jags. It was as Goodell was walking out on the stage. I said it out loud. I was like, this is gonna be Jawan Taylor at Josh Allen at seven when we picked Josh yep. Allen. I was like, this is Jawan Taylor. It was Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow, dude, that's crazy. I thought they were gonna get the the tight end. Oh, um, uh, Iowa Hawkinson. Yeah. Hawkinson. I thought that's what they were going to get. That would have been the splashy one. The yeah. splashy. Yeah. That would have been exciting. But anyway, um, but back to the, the offensive line. I just, that starting five is a top ten offensive line in football. In For sure. Healthy, yeah. And, you know, if they get a couple injuries, then then you're looking at obviously a lot worse. But you could say that for anybody. You could say that for any team in the league. Any team in the league that has four of their starting linemen get injured is not going to have a good year in the offensive no, line. Like, sure. I don't understand... I feel like that's one of those things where you're a small market that people typically don't care about that much. I was just about to start talking like so about that. People don't study that much into Jacksonville when they struggle. They just assume, oh, it's, it's the Jags, they suck, whatever. Exactly. Whereas if the Cowboys were to have a bad year with the offensive line and it was because they had four injuries, people There's would only the only narrative would be that they were injured. No I, one would say they're bad. Exactly. I think both of these lists I think they're lazy. I I used to... The O-line list is for sure lazy. It's lazy. I mean, you can definitely say, sure, the 32nd one, like our offensive weapons, sure, we don't know. I still think both of them are lazy. After 2017, I was so excited. I was like, 
dude, like, ESPN, NFL Network is going to start talking about the Jags again. Like, we're going to be a topic. And um, uh, for some reason, that excited me. But after this 2018, like, as a season, like, we obviously flopped. And I was like, I wasn't like, I, it's not worth it. Like, yeah. I don't care about getting, like, press and, like, coverage because we had a good season. So I think it was, wow, they had a bad season. They're back to me the Jags. They, they stunk. Let's go ahead and, like, push, like, Oh yeah, they're 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 thirty second. They don't have yeah. weapons. They're like they suck. And like yeah. I, they, that probably would have bothered me a few years ago. I honestly I could care less about what they have to say about that. Thirty second and twenty first is just lazy. Yeah, same. And I think that this can kind of give the Jaguars a good opportunity to be the hunters again. Mm-hmm. Because in twenty seventeen, like the Jaguars were the hunters, and that was an edge they could carry with them all season. And that was one thing that made them so good is every every week it was them against the world. And especially as they got better and better and better and they really surprised people, you know, the story from the national media every week, especially getting into the playoffs, was, all right, Jaguars had a good run. Like, they were good, but, like, okay, it's, it's time, gonna, it's it's time they remember their Jacksonville exactly. kind of thing, you know? And that whole year it was a great opportunity for them to stake it to everybody. So, and then once they had actual expectations on them, and they got other people's best shot, and they had a few injuries turn south, 2018 was a totally different year. And I Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like back to being... I, so, I, I definitely like going back to the being under the radar team. I, I, used to want it, I used to want that coverage on ESPN, getting like reporters, talking about the Jags, maybe having a few national TV games. At, after 2018, like, it just didn't, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't matter. Yep. As long as we have a good season, we're in the playoffs, winning playoff games, that's all I care about. I agree. Um, okay, so next segment, we're going to go back to one that we started last week, and we all seem to really like it, I think. Uh, the Stat Shack. Stat Shack. The Stat Shack. <laughs> Brought to you by Miller Lite, we're still hoping. Or Dollar um, Shave Club. Or Dollar Shave Club. Or Harry's. Or Harry's. <laughs> um, okay, so who wants to start first? Who's got a good stat? Uh, two Raw, the numbers guy. The numbers guy. started off. Dude, stat Shack, numbers, you know I have a good one. <laughs> Alright, since we're just talking about the Jaguars being under the radar and just the doormat of the league... Here's a stat to remind you how low it got oh at one gosh, point. Dude. Do you guys know what the largest NFL spread ever was? Yes, I, I do, do actually. What was it? It was the Jaguars Broncos game in Mile High when Peyton Manning was there in 2013. Yes. What and was it? It what was, was minus number? 28 and a half. It was 28 and a half. 26 and a half. Oh, I, said, so I had close, 28 dude. and a half in my head. Damn. This just proves what kind of psycho fans we are. Yeah, we, were we literally. Close. Like, we like, dude, both dude. of us knew that, like, right off the bat. It's crazy. It was, it was week six of 2013. Jags came in at 0 and 5. Broncos came in at 5 and 0. But I remember the game ended up being, like, not, like, super close, but it was, like, a somewhat, it wasn't a blowout. Yeah, it was no, not even close to 28. Yeah, they didn't cover spread. It was 35 19 Broncos. That so. was at the time, honestly. Like kind of a free money bet for the Jaguars, in my opinion, because the Jags the Jags weren't good back then. Obviously, they were like terrible. Yeah, we had Chad Henney as our starting quarterback. Yeah, like that was rough, but they didn't get killed that no. often. They didn't get thirty pieced. It's that it's often. hard for a professional because, football team to get because back pieced. then, yeah. while they were the doormat of the league, they had a pretty formidable defense, so they never got killed. 
usually they they would usually lose by 10 15 10 14 somewhere in there but the defense was good enough to where they wouldn't just get 30 piece or whatever like crazy stuff like that so 26 and a half was insane i remember that though yeah well thing is like i think it was like 3 weeks before that they had the seahawks up on us um by i think it was 19 and a half and they covered it they, they beat covered. us by more than 19 I do remember that. That was, and in, was that Seattle. in Seattle. Yep, it was I believe so. It was in Seattle. The Jaguars are, if there's ever a game where the Jaguars are playing on the West, West Coast, Coast bet against the Jaguars. They we're the worst West win. Coast team in the NFL. There's no doubt about it's it. It's not even close, dude. Well, they cannot win. Something about it, dude. We're probably like the furthest traveling almost. Besides like Miami and like maybe some teams in the Northeast. Yeah. But like we're going to LA. I mean that's a long flight, dude. And we're playing in hot weather all the time. They have like perfect weather over there. I know. I feel like they were the the weather over there is nice. Like occasionally we could go over in like San Francisco or LA or Seattle. Like can we at least like split the West Coast here? Like maybe go one and one, maybe two and one. I mean not just get trashed on. Yeah. Oh and three losing I mean, I don't really know if they do every West Coast team, but it's usually a West Coast, like, a West Coast division that year, yeah. so you're going to be playing, like, mm. Seattle and San Francisco. If you at least, like, get one, not get 20-piece every time we go, yeah, like, it's, it's incredible. But that year, Chad Haney was starting quarterback. Cecil Shorts was our starting wide receiver. Let's go. And Geno Hayes and Russell Allen were our starting linebackers. Gino Hayes, I haven't heard that name in so. Do y'all long. know that? I've never. I like don't recognize those names at all. I remember Gino Hayes. That sounds. Funny. What was the other name? I think Gino Hayes was like number fifty-five or something like that. I I do, vaguely remember. That a little bit. Russell Allen was the other one. I remember Russell Allen. Why well, I just like didn't watch that year? I was so disappointed. Russell Allen's still in the NFL. Really? Mm-hmm. Plays for the. Uh, Falcons, not the Hogs. I was going to say the Hogs. Wrong Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> and the Jags end up, ended that season a 4-12. and The Broncos lost to the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. All right, Cam, what's, uh, what's your stat, big guy? So, as we're in the offseason, we're all looking forward to week one. That's what we want. We want regular season football. I just... Decided to go look and see how the Jaguars have fared in week one games. I've recently saw a tweet from Joe Thomas, the old Cleveland Browns left tackle, and he was talking about how he never won a week one game in his career, and he played for probably, I think it was like, what, 13 seasons or something like that? Dude, that sucks. He never (laughs) won a week one game, and and it made me think, how are the Jags, like, like in the past, in the recent years, I don't want to, like, go whole 25-year history. In the past 10 seasons, the Jags are a modest 4-6, and six, which is not... Nothing better than I expected. It's yeah, if better. If you ask me to guess, it, I for sure would you, guess lower. Our peak years, our worst years in franchise history are... But keep in mind, that's 4-6. and six. In the past two years, we won week one. Yeah, that's true. I know. I so and before that, we were tough. <laughs> those are the peak bad years. 2011, Absolutely. 12, 13, 14 were the Jags years that literally no one wants to talk about. I don't want to talk about it ever. 2012 still. <laughs> 2012? 2012 still. The Probably Malar- 2013 was pretty bad too. <laughs> the Malarkey year. The Malarkey year to me is still the worst year ever. 
just, I don't, I, to me, I just can't. I just stunk watching Chad Henney the whole year. The Malarkey year to me was bad because it was the only year of Jags football where, from start to finish, I had literally no hope at all. Like those other years were tough, but there were at least points in the year where I had a little bit of hope for something positive. It's just never. Came. I knew start to finish <laughs> when Cecil Shorts was our best player. I just knew there was literally nowhere but down for this team to go. This team was never going to do anything significant whatsoever. Cecil, have some respect on Cecil Shorts. We've been hitting name, on lately. The 18th leading passer in franchise history. <laughs> Dude, you got you to respect what we did for this team. you got to respect <laughs> the legends of the Jaguars. The legend Cecil Shorts. Um, okay, so my stat for this week is actually oh, – well, I'm not going to give anything away because I want you all to guess. Um – if you were to guess right now who out of the whole AFC South has the best playoff win percentage in their franchise history? Colts, Texans, Titans, Jaguars. Jaguars. Cam? Why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Why don't you give me a ranking? Give me a guess of like one through four. One's gonna playoff, be, playoff win percentage. Only playoff games. Is that, one's going to be Jags. Two is going to be Colts. Three is going to be Titans. Four is going to be Texans. I almost have to agree with that list. I kind of want to switch. I kind of want to go Jags, Titans, Colts, Texans. So, the best winning percentage in the AFC South is the Jaguars. Yeah, because every time we go, we go to the we, championship. We don't want to done it. We don't bounce thinking, early. Yeah, I was thinking when I was trying to think of a, a good stat to pull out this week, I was like, when the Jaguars make the playoffs, they usually win at least one game. Yeah. And the Texans just perpetually lose in the first round every year. Before we say it, I do want to switch back. The Colts are definitely second. They have to be. Yeah. The Colts I'm, are second. Let's go. Yeah. I knew it. I had to switch back. It was a good call, Bomb. Thank you, thank you. So, I actually haven't, like, I just have the raw, like, record. So, I'm not sure on the math of which one would be better or worse. So, okay, so here's the raw record. The Jaguars are 7-7 seven and seven in, their, in their franchise history. Um, the Texans are 3-5. and five. The Colts are 23-24. and 24. They're, they're but, the, but the Colts have been around for a lot longer, so. And the Titans are 15-20. and 20. And I'm pretty sure that for the Titans and the Colts, I believe that includes the Baltimore Colts years, and I believe that includes the Houston Oilers years. Gotcha. So you said Texans are three and five. Yeah, but that's that's why the Texans number and the Jaguars number is so much lower in terms of how many games they've played, mm. because you're talking about between the Oilers and the Titans, and between the Baltimore slash Indianapolis Colts, you're talking about a lot more years. Yeah, level. that is a lot. But more. as far as win percentage. What would be worse, three and five or fifteen and twenty? Three and five is worse. Okay, so, so then if that's the case, then it goes Jaguars, Colts, Texans, Titans. Damn. Oh, really? Texans over them? Or no, three and five is worse. Sorry, Jaguars, Colts, Titans, Texans. There you go. Gotcha. Yeah. That was my fault. But, but yeah, um, I I was just thinking about that, and I was like, I would bet that the Jaguars have, are at least in the top half of the division as far as playoff percentage because they. Yeah. They don't go as much, but they usually win when they do. Mm-hmm. Versus Houston and Indy, 
make the playoffs almost every year, and unless they're playing each other, one of them's going to lose the first round. Yeah. And we always play wild card, and we always win wild card. That's true. That's a good. That's a good point. The Jaguars are kind of awesome playoff road warriors. <laughs> it's kind of just like, like if the Jaguars are playing a playoff road game, and it's not New England. I'm putting my money on them. Dude, it's it's like we are such we have such a terrible history, it feels like. But the team that you think doesn't have a chance if we ever make the playoffs, they're just like, alright, bet like we'll just go win one or two and like just stick it to the <laughs> critics and the experts and we'll go back to sucking next year or something like that. Dude, your next stat check for next week should be road playoff percentage of the NFL for like the last twenty years. Oh, that'd be fun. Dude, dude that would we might be, be high. Like, that would be a fun Real one. high. The, I bet the Jaguars are high, dude. Because think about it. The only... Yeah, since... I actually know this for a fact. I know this for a 100% fact. Since 2000, at least. If we go before that, I'm a little fuzzy. But since 2000, or really since 2005, because that was the first year of the... Of, um, the new millennium that the Jaguars made the playoffs... Since 2005, the Jaguars have only lost to one team in the playoffs, and it's New England, because New England ended their playoff run all three times. Oh, damn. In 2005, the Jaguars lost in the first round at New England, and it was at New England every single time. In 2005, they lost in the first round at New England. 2007, the Jaguars lost in the second round at New England after beating Pittsburgh in the first round, and then 2017, the Jaguars lost again in New England in the AFC Championship. That's absurd. I know. It's crazy. So, and also, all three of those times, um, they lost to the team in the AFC that went to the Super Bowl. And two of those times, you're talking about the teams that won the Super Bowl. Because in 05, New England won it all. In 17, New England won it all. No, 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 no. Philly beat New England. That's right. So, I guess they didn't win it. They only won it. Still the representative of the I guess, I guess New England lost every single time out of those three. Because in 2007, that was the undefeated year that the Giants beat them. But still, you're talking about the team that represented the AFC in the Super, in the Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so, it's kind of crazy to think that if the Jaguars play anybody else in the playoffs besides New England, they're probably going to win. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially if it's on the road. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, so, moving on to our final topic of the day, we have got none other than the pick of the week presented by Dalton Redman. This number is six, as in round six. Pick number, I don't know, a hundred. A lot of hundreds. 178. 178 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. None other than the mustache himself, Gardner Minshew. So tell us a little, about, a little bit about the man. Gardner Flint Minshew was born May 16th, 1996 <laughs> in a small, quaint town in Mississippi. You definitely just made up the small, quaint part. <laughs> That's not in what you're reading right now. <laughs> I think quaint means small. At a certain... Like, it's kind of assumed. He so you just said the same means. word twice, basically. Yeah. In a small, small town called Flowood, Mississippi. Uh, he went to Brandon High School, also in a quaint town in Mississippi. Attended 
multiple different colleges, but the one he's most famous for, Washington State. Um, where under he, the legendary Mike Leach. Under the me- legendary Mike Leach. And during that year, last year, 2018, he won the jo- Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Also won the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. And also was first team All-Pac-12. So, obviously, dude can play quarterback in college. Set the Pac-12 single-season record for most passing yards, which was currently held by Jared Goff. So now he's on the Jags. Which was previously held by Jared Goff? Previously held yeah. by Jared Goff. And so, dropped by the Jags in the sixth round. He is currently our backup, I guess. Do we have any quarterbacks on the roster right now? Yeah, Alex McGoo. Yeah. Alex McGoo? Bro, I've seen some film of him in OTAs. He looks like Johnny Manziel. McGoo? Yes. Like, not, I guess not, like... Face wise, but like he like, plays like him, or like, like he like actually like looks he's like he him. has like the the Johnny Manziel two bar visor one sleeve looks like a huge cuck in other words. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually like Johnny Manziel trying to get back in the league. <laughs> Just under <laughs> Alex Magoo. The A after the workout. We got drafted. We drafted him. Who we drafted Alex Magoo? What? We, we did not draft him, dude. Hold on. We didn't draft Alex Magoo. I remember. Wait, this was the 2019 draft. So he yes. it said he was drafted in the 2018 draft. By who? Pick 220. Oh, let me see. Seattle. Seattle, yep. yep, 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 yep. Damn, how'd you know that? Because I know Jaguars, dude. Why am I on this podcast? He's a Magoo guy, dude. Big Magoo guy. Some guys are Minshew guys, some guys are Magoo guys. Cam's a Magoo guy. So you're, it's either Magoo or Minshew. Which one are you? I'm definitely Machu over Magoo. That's what you said. <laughs> That's what Dalton said. I like you didn't say it like that, though. You said, like, you're like, are you Magoo or Machu? Machu or Magoo? You said Machu. You definitely said Machu. I'm definitely a Minshew guy. I think he's definitely going to be the backup. But he's got to earn it. I don't understand why, how you can be just absolute stutter in college. and literally win, like, Pac-12 player of the year. Like break records and then just like knock. Well, the Pac-12 doesn't play defense. The Pac-12 is far and away the worst Power Five conference, and it's not even close. Okay, so like, <laughs> but like here's that's such a stupid comment. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just I'm gonna leave again. <laughs> nah, <laughs> dude, Washington, Washington had a really good defense. Well, you, I call my stupid, bro. Yeah, and Washington beat them. <laughs> Washington beat Washington State. How did you not do it? Nah, dude. I don't think I did. Yes, they did. To call my college stupid. In the Pac-12 championship. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording, bro. I'm not making a burrito. Like. Grant's getting the only burrito. <laughs> I'm going home, dude. Hello, he's still got the burritos in the fridge. He's waiting to go. I'll invite y'all over, but if I didn't yeah. think you guys were spending the night. <laughs> it's Sunday night, guys. You guys always spend the night on Sunday nights. I make Never y'all burritos. Heard. What the fuck? <laughs> Never heard somebody want to make other people burritos. It's bad as dog. Yo, I want to pay for an ad real quick. Put on the uh, Bald City Bros podcast. I am looking for two new friends who... <laughs> Enjoy getting burritos made for them and <laughs> sleeping over. Sleeping in the bed with you specifically. No homo. <laughs> Dude, what if like Gardner Mitchell calls up and he's like, hey, uh, I'd like to be your friend. 
Dude, I'd freak out, dude. Hey, I, I love your burritos, bro. Dude, I lose my shit, dude. Can I just, like, me, Minshew, and Magoo just, like, doing the pod? <laughs> Talking about Nick Foles, and like, dude, you're such a dick. Like, I'm so much better than him. Okay, I... But... In Dalton they're like, I mean, no, you're not. <laughs> I got the numbers. I'm the numbers guy. Dude, he's a huge numbers guy. Um, but... Boy, 5'8". <laughs> but could Minshew be, like, actually good? Is that, like, realistic? Could Minshew be, like... Like, right off the bat, I don't know if he's, like, ready to... If, like, Nick Foles gets hurt, like, the season's over. We're yeah. screwed. Yeah. Okay. At least uh, I mean, that, that was year. my thought, too. I, I mean, the quarterback draft in the sixth round. Out of, like, a Pac-12 spread offense. It's different. Yeah. I think he could be good eventually, for sure. I don't have any doubts about that. I think he's got really good potential. That's why I love the pick. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a good pick. But this year, no. So let's give a grade for the pick. Um, for the pick and as far as like the value and whatnot. Yeah, like round six. I give it an A. I would definitely give it an A minus. I I give probably an A minus too, just because I mean, who who's our backup? Cody Kessler. So like, anything, he's gone. Yeah, anything so like, like uh, yeah, Minshew. As we're saying, he's not ready. He's already better than Cody Kessler, yeah. and that yeah. says a lot. Absolutely about Cody, but Minshew's floor is higher than Kessler's ceiling. Dude, Kessler's so freaking bad, man. Watching Kessler gives me AIDS. It, it hurts. It's bad. It's bad, for sure. Watching a Blake Bortles that's slow is just absolutely the most painful a, thing. A I've Bortles ever who can't scramble and run. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're dude. screwed. You know, things are bad when Blake Bortles gets benched and the backup comes out and we're just, just like, God, shit. <laughs> Blake like, Bortles is out of the game. God damn it. <laughs> you know it's rough if you miss Blake Bortles playing. <laughs> I miss Blake Bortles, the human being, but I don't miss the player. No, definitely not, dude. But, um, yeah, so Gardner Minshew, I think everybody wants him to be the backup. I think he should be the backup. Yeah, dude, it, it, there's no way we cut him, for sure. Yeah, so, I don't see any way we cut him, either. So this is the first pick that is pretty much guaranteed to make a roster. Yeah, Dontavious yeah. Russell, definitely. And interestingly enough, I feel like Dontavious Russell is the only one that's a fringe, may or may not make it. Because Minshew's for sure going to make it, and then Reichel Armstead is for sure going to make it. And then we'll be talking about next week. You go down the list. Yeah. So. I think Dante Russell will probably make it, though. If yeah, I, he probably will, yes. but he's the only fringe one. Yeah, for sure. Probably the it's, most fringe. It's close. It's definitely close. I don't want to say Minshew's definitely won the backup job yet, though, because we don't know. We just we don't. I think it's more likely we keep three quarterbacks than we cut him, though. You think? Yeah, just because, I mean, he's like... I mean, I feel like you see potential like that, and you use a draft on it. You don't just like cut it. They, they I just don't. I cannot it. picture a world where, where training camp's over and the Jaguars believe that Alex Magoo has a higher ceiling than Gardner Minshew. I yeah. don't know if that's even. They kept Tanner Lee, and that yeah, Tanner they thought Lee. Tanner Lee was a quarterback yes. deserving of a roster spot. So I'm thinking if that tells you Minshew, anything about the guys making quarterback decisions. Yeah, I think Minshew's pretty safe. At, at the back of the spot. I sure hope so. He's, I mean, he seems really cool. He definitely has more potential than most guys you're going to get in the sixth round. He's got the qualities you look for. And you don't have to worry about him doing stupid stuff. Like, he'll be... He has good facial hair. He'll stay out of trouble. He'll stay out of trouble. He'll have a kick-ass mustache. Really all you can ask for. If I have a quarterback that has a kick-ass mustache, I'm, I'm challenged. Yeah, dude, just see him on the roster. Just, like, see his face. Dude, there. him and Shaw should take a picture together. Dude. That would be sick. 
That would be that would be a no, background. You grow a mustache out, get handlebars, and get a pick with Shad and Gardner. Dude, that'd I, be, dude, I gotta, that would be a nominal press for us. That, dude, that'd be peak. I gotta color my mustache. Cause I got something. Yeah, we all get in there. Dude. You gotta grow yours out too. I cannot grow a mustache, but I'll try. Dude, it's worth trying. My face physically just says no. It physically says no. Yeah. It actually you heard it? Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I woke up, to me, I woke up and I looked in the mirror and I said no to myself. I couldn't do it. I definitely, Minshew is definitely one of our splashy picks this year. Yeah, for sure. If you look back on it. Dude, him and like Quincy Williams were like kind of like splash. Quincy definitely, well, that's like a hit or miss. Splash. Wait, I, define splash. splash. Splash I think just like kind of like, splash that's interesting. Like, like splash a, to me was big, Josh Allen. A big Jackson. name. I'm thinking like big name, big, big potential. I think the splashes name, are just like kind of like. The like biggest sexy, names were drafted. You know, like, no, I'm serious. I'm Quincy Williams could be a huge splash. Yeah. But no one literally knew oh, who yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, for sure. The so. most recognizable names we drafted were Gardner Minshew and Josh Allen. Exactly. Porter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm and excited. then Juwan to people that watch football. But if yeah. you're not like a huge, you crazy follow. football fan, you might know Minshew because he was a quarterback. The average fan knows Josh Allen, Gardner Minshew. Yeah. Maybe not Juwan. Right. But if you follow the sport... If you follow NFL, you follow draft, you know. If you follow the draft, you, you definitely 100% knew Juwan Taylor, so. Yep. Cool. Well, that, that's it for draft profile. All right. I think that concludes episode three of the Bullet City Bros podcast. Any more takes? Any we're, more thoughts before we get out of here? We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've said that, I think, after every episode. I might have forgotten last episode. It's only one other But episode. the Jags are going to the Super Bowl. Well, you just said it twice, so you made up for it. There you go. Oh, all right. In the bag. <laughs> in the bag. Cam's lights going. Who are we playing in the Super Bowl? Uh-huh. Who uh-huh. we're going to uh-huh. play? Uh-huh. Green Bay. What? Yes. What? Uh-huh. Bombshell. Dude. You ready for that prediction? Knee-jerk Cam. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Aaron Rodgers is going to take Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl. And lose. And lose to Nick Foles. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. There we go. That wraps it up. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening. Everybody have the best week of your life. Until next Monday. Make it count. <laughs>